symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Guys, and welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, episode number 102 this week. As we continue on with the 1987 WWF project, we're now in the month of November. We're going to begin looking at the WWF TV here for November 87 of the World Wrestling Federation. And of course, as always, I am your host, Ray Russell. And before we get in to the show this week, just a friendly reminder that you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade in our sister shows like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within. It's Raw versus Nitro as we break down that weekly episodic piece of history known as the Monday Night War. You can also listen to the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories, been covering Georgia Championship Wrestling in 1981, as well as the Mid-South UWF in 1986. Just finished up a two-part show on the Crockett Cup there back in 1986 with special guest Roman Gomez, of course, Jamie Ward, been joining the show to do the Georgia shows. And we've got more new projects coming up on regional wrestling in the not-too-distant future. And of course, coming soon, it's been announced now. The cat is out of the bag if you've listened to social media or my recent podcast, guys. Another podcast coming to the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. It's the Wrestling Stoop with wrestling legend Bob Roop. Bob Roop going to be sharing all sorts of memories and stories from not just his personal wrestling career, but things he witnessed, things he learned from the wrestling business throughout his 20-year career in the ring, as well as behind the scenes. Looking forward to getting that going here in just a couple weeks' time, The Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop. And you can listen to all of those shows and more as part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network, located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met, from Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And be sure to follow us on social media for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And you can do so by following me on X. Follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I in Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Over 500 videos and counting right now up over there at YouTube. Now, that said... Now would also be a fantastic time to contemplate becoming a WrestleCopia patron. Hear me out, guys. And you can find us there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Multiple tiers to choose from, but I'm only talking to you guys about that $5 all-access tier. Gets you all sorts of gifts for just 5 bucks, including all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes talking pages upon pages of show notes for the Grenade, Monday Warfare, and the Regional Wrestling Podcast. You'll also get early access to many of the podcasts here at WrestleCopia. You can listen days, sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. You'll also get remastered versions of the earliest episode of this show right here, The Grenade, covering the 1989 NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversation. Originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, 
edited right back into the show. But that's not all, guys. You'll also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more. Plus, random bonus video drops. You never know what I'm going to drop there on Patreon. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. No subscription. Cancel any time. Show your support, guys, if you can. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like all of the content that I offer. Just dropped 10, count them, 10 new digital downloads over the weekend. So as I said, give it a try. I think you'll like the content I offer. And every penny of it goes right back here into the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please, if you have a few bucks to spare, you're looking to support a new podcast brand. Please consider making it WrestleCopia. And help me pay some of the bills to keep the WrestleCopia brand up and running for the months and the years to come. And all right, with all of that out of the way, it's time to jump back into the 1987 project here in the World Wrestling Federation. And this week, we're going to kick it off with WWF TV for November of 1987. And it all begins with the November 7th edition of the Superstars of Wrestling. Right here we are, taped back October 27th, Syracuse, New York, at the Onondaga War Memorial. The November 7th edition of Superstars has Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno Sammartino on commentary here this week as we head off to the ring to see Jake the Snake Roberts doing battle against Crippler Rip Oliver. Jake back from suspension, looking to put on a little body mass here. And yes, indeed, it looks like Roberts is all the way back from his injury, or as best he can be, and of course his suspension now over. And he's back into the thick of things here. Going to have to find himself a partner to feud with. But until then, he's taking on the veteran and Portland main eventer, Crippler Rip Oliver, in this one. And Jake, handy control throughout this matchup until Oliver catches him with a knee in the corner. Roberts, though, winds up tied in the ropes. But he frees himself just in time to land the DDT out of nowhere. And the snake going to get the win. Two minutes and 59 seconds. And a little Damien post-match action as well for Rip Oliver there. So Jake Roberts back in the ring, just in time for the Survivor Series. As we head off now to a special interview up on the platform, it's Craig DeGeorge standing by with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And I wrote, woof, somebody forgot to cover the stage here this week, the platform. Talk about pulling back the covers, literally. Exposing the platform is nothing more than a flat piece of, well, right here it looks like plywood, with some legs on it. Super cheap, guys. Somebody forgot to bring in the... uh, The platform covers here. Anywho, Duggan enters to the King's theme. Stealing Harley Race's theme. Now, that was a heel move when Orndorff stole Hogan's music last year, but when Duggan does it here, it gets a resounding ovation from the fans. But he didn't just take the King's music. Duggan also sauntering out in the stolen cape and crown of one King Harley Race. As Hacksaw has a message for Harley, he says, We don't have no kings here. We don't have no royalty here. This is America, damn it. And that's why Duggan stole the royal garb. Well, that's not a great way to represent America, Hacksaw. But nevertheless, enter Bobby Heenan onto the stage. 
noting that Duggan had no right stealing Race's gear. True. But as Duggan and Heenan begin to argue, we learn it's all a distraction for Harley Race to sneak up from behind and grab Duggan's 2x4. Harley then blasting Hacksaw across the back, and then one in the stomach as well, with his own board, doing it multiple times as the brain even aiding by holding Duggan for the king to land some of those shots, eventually sending Duggan rolling off the stage and down onto the concrete floor, but Harley not done yet. The king gonna follow Duggan down to the floor, hammering him some more with the 2x4, before he reclaims his cape and crown to end this segment. Well, Duggan, I can't say you didn't have that coming. As the crowd solidly behind Mr. USA, booing loudly at the king here. And if this crowd reaction is any determination, sounds like this feud may just work. As we get back to the ring now, it's King Kong Bundy, another member of the Heenan family, accompanied to the ring by the brain here, taking on Pete Luchik. And before the match, Bobby Heenan going to introduce the captain of the Survivor Series team down to the ring. It's Andre the Giant. And along with him, the entire Survivor Series team walking behind Andre. And what a sight to see Andre's team in full force at ringside for this Bundy squash as the bell sounds and Bundy trounces Luchik here. It's the avalanche in the corner and a big elevated elbow drop by Bundy. Going to get the win in just 47 seconds. Well, 49 if you count to five. And after barely being on TV since WrestleMania 3, save for a couple of six and eight man tags over the summer, WWF finally getting Bundy ready for the Survivor Series and that title match he has against Hulk Hogan later this month on Saturday night's main event. Now, post-match, we cut to the announcer's platform. We see Bruno Sammartino. He's shown here, once again, advertising one of those WWF stretch from figures. It's actually King Kong Bundy in Bruno's hand. As Bruno begins to stretch Bundy out, pointing out that that's what could happen to Bundy at the Survivor Series. Very cool there watching Bruno Sammartino, quote-unquote, stretch King Kong Bundy, if you will. Once again, another way to promote their latest toy line just in time for the holidays, kids. And I collected just about every toy line there was back in the 1980s. Just ask my brother next time he's on the show. But the Stretchums wasn't one of them. Never was interested in those. As we head off to our first promo this week, it's Mean Gene. Wait, that's not Mean Gene Oakland. We're going to head up north for some Canadian promos here this week, guys, on Superstars. And we're going to kick it off with Billy Red Lions standing by with the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I have standing by the leading contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, the man who says he's got money to burn, Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. And Mr. DiBiase, before we get on the topic of wrestling, uh, I know it's, uh, it's no secret you're a, you're a millionaire. I don't know how many times over. But you know this recent uh, collapse in the stock market or this bump that the stock market took, how much did you lose? Uh, you mind me asking? You know, Red Lions, you are one of many people that I've wanted to know because everybody would like to see a little leg on the face of the million-dollar man because I humble so many people. But the truth is, what happened is I cashed in a couple of big certificates and I caused the crash, you see. I caused it. That's right. Overnight, I made a lot of rich men paupers. And you know where they are now? They're in line with the rest of you Canadians, with the rest of you people in the world, with your hands out begging me for a little bit of my money. You gonna, you, like are you going to spread some of this around when you come to Canada? I just might. I might, you know, I might have a little money for the goofy noopies. 
You know those Newf Newfoundlanders? New how do you say that? Newfoundlanders, yeah. and they're fine okay. people. Oh, yes, but they're yeah. all very, very poor. That's what I understand. They all got their hands out. As a matter of fact, what I might do is if you're really good to me, I might make a couple of large investments in Canada. And maybe I can up the value of your dollar. Because I don't mind coming to Canada, but I'd like to be paid in American money because I'm losing money every time I get paid in that Canadian monopoly money, if you know what I mean. But let's get to the matters at hand. You said it, Red Lions, and it's true. I climbed the ladder in the World Wrestling Federation, not with my money, but with my talent, baby. And I have climbed it fast. Hulk Hogan is the ultimate goal because when you've got the money that I've got, when you've got the prestige that I've got, the only thing left is power. And the power comes from that belt around your waist, Hogan, and it's going to be mine. We're right back after these messages. DiBiase, he cashed in some big certificates and caused the recent stock market crash here in the States. Talking Canadian currency and the goofy newfies. That was a new one for me. I wrote LOL. DiBiase says he has everything he wants. He's bought everything he can buy. He's the richest man essentially in the world, we can pretend. But the ultimate goal is power. And power comes with the World Wrestling Federation title currently held by Hulk Hogan. So DiBiase making it clear now, gunning for Hulk Hogan and that WWF championship. As the show goes on, we see a clip from last week, Demolition destroying Enhancement talent Brady Boone, when his cousin Billy Jack Haynes out to make the save, he eats a decapitation too. So we're up to four decapitations there. Boone eating three, being carried out on a stretcher. Haynes taking one himself, and then it's Kim Patera out to the rescue. Patera holds his own for a moment before they use Fuji's cane to take Patera down, repeatedly whacking that injured arm. Demolition having bodies laying everywhere by the end of that segment. Yes, it jump starts a brief feud here. But really, it's the first mark in getting this demolition team to that next level. As we head back to the ring, we see the brand new tag team, the Oregonians, if you will. It's Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera teaming up to take on Ray Miller and Terry Gibbs. And those Oregonians now apparently a full-fledged team as they seek revenge on demolition. Though Patera will still be part of that Survivor Series main event against the Weasels team. And we get an insert promo here from Mr. Fuji and Demolition. Fuji says the demos will do the same again if Haynes and Patera are stupid enough to get in the ring with them. Then back to the action, Patera using his arm brace as a weapon here. Referee somehow letting it fly, and the babyface is going to dominate this one until Billy Jack Haynes locks in the full Nelson on Ray Miller, getting the quick submission win. Match only goes one minute and six seconds. As we roll on, we've got another promo lined up. This time it is Mean Gene Okerlund. He's standing by with members of Team Hogan heading into the Survivor Series. It is the WWF champion Hulk Hogan, along with Ken Patera and Bam Bam Bigelow. Man, I'm shaking my head when you talk about 50 of the World Wrestling Federation's greatest superstars, all under one roof, all under out of the veil of the Survivor Series on Thanksgiving in Richfield, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland. You've got 10 of the greatest tag teams ever in that big tag team elimination, four or five man teams. Even the ladies are gonna be part of the Survivor Series. Ken Patera, Bam Bam Bigelow. Ooh, are they loaded. Yeah. Oh, you'd better believe it, Hulk Hogan. You're gonna be captaining a team of five facing Andre the Giant and company. I gotta tell you, you're in good company. Wait, I'm glad this Ordinal's not around right now, brother. There's still a little bit of bad blood between me and him, man. 
but I'm not worried about surviving. When he said he'd make a stand, I knew he'd be there. As far as a prophet, superstar Billy Graham goes, man. He's behind the crystal ball, man, trying to get the numbers down, figure out who we're going to wipe out first. And then the worries are gone because of you, brother. The strongest man in the world has guaranteed me that Andre the Giant, one-man gang of King Kong Bundy, will be pressed over his head and slammed through the mat. And then the beast from the East, man, the man that made Asbury Park famous. This dude, after junior high school, used to go down to the Longshoremen's Union just to beat him up for their paycheck so he could afford lunch. What in the world do I have to worry about? All right, that is a good question. And Cam Patero, maybe you can share your thoughts about the Survivor Series. You know, Bobby Heenan, the infamous weasel, and his family members, they're all crying, big alligator tears, because of what's going to happen to them. They're all concerned about the bionic arm. Well, they're going to get the wrath. Ken Patera's wrath, the Hulkster, the Prophet, Bam Bam, yeah. and Mr. Wonderful. You're all going down. All right, I thank you, Hulk Hogan and company, in a big 10-man elimination as part of the Survivor Series on Thanksgiving. All right, so noticeably absent there was Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. A little bit of bad blood, Hogan acknowledges, but he knows when Orndorff makes a stand, he will be there. Hogan also talking about the prophet, the superstar, Billy Graham, behind the crystal ball. Very interesting character. Hogan creating for Graham throughout these promos, as you guys will see. The Hulkster talking about Ken Patera pressing the one-man gang, King Kong Bundy, and Andre over his head. Strongest man in the world, Ken Patera. Come on, Hulk. Kenny couldn't even get Tom Stone launched across the ring without tearing up his arm. Just saying, guys. But I always love these Survivor Series promos, and it's only the first of several. As we continue on here, Superstars action. Killer Khan with Mr. Fuji by his side, taking on Kurt Hoffman. And Khan in the sumo stance to begin this one. As he attacks Hoffman, lands the thrust kick. Fuji then going to distract the referee for some green mist to the face of Mr. Hoffman. And then from there, it's the backbreaker and the middle rope knee drop going to get the job done. Killer Khan picking up another win, one minute and 29 seconds. And it's literally the same series of moves in every squash for like the last six months for Killer Khan. Six months of referees missing Green Mist. But as we know, Khan just about gone after his series with the Hulkster on the house shows later this month, brother. And then up next, it's back to the... Special interview platform on the stage this time, Craig DeGeorge standing by with Team Macho Man. And quite an interesting bunch of history here. Of course, Jake the Snake Roberts tried to end Steamboat's career about a year and a half ago or so. Then from there, it was the Macho Man trying to do the same thing to the Dragon just a year ago. And they feuded all the way through WrestleMania 3 and beyond. And now, everyone seems to be in unison. How forgiving of the Dragon. As the Macho Man gets on the microphone, addressing his battles with Steamboat here, you can't ignore him, basically stating that both men have mutual respect for one another at this point, which I get, had it just been about the competition during that feud, but Savage did try and end Steamboat's ability to breathe, if you guys recall. I guess the Dragon is the nicest babyface in wrestling history, and on down the line, Macho Man addressing his other partners, Jake the Snake Roberts, a lot of people think he's just in the business for the money. Instead, though, Savage says, Jake, he's in it for the enjoyment of inflicting punishment. Also on the team, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who Savage says may not see too well, but he has his trusty 2x4 and can hit a Grand Slam uh-huh, at the Survivor Series. But none off one of my pitches. Uh-uh, never. 
And then we come to the barber, Brutus Beefcake, now with hedge clippers in hand. So he's completed the full package at this point of the gimmick of the barber. Savage stating that Beefcake possesses the intimidation of humiliation. Talking about those haircuts. A very well-rounded team, lots of top stars. And it's funny, when you look at the team, three of them were heels until right before or after WrestleMania three. Then you also look at Jake, Beefcake, Duggan, and Steamboat. Literally planned to be the next four men up beyond Hulk Hogan after WrestleMania three on the babyface side. Now, of course, we know Duggan wound up getting fired. Jake was injured and then suspended. Beefcake needed a little more time to get the gimmick over. And Ricky Steamboat wanted some time off. So all of that actually led to the babyface turn of the Macho Man. So this entire team is ironic, but awesome. Then from there, we get a brief promo here this week from Sam Houston, who recently defeated Dangerous Danny Davis here on the program. Remember, Davis had his foot on the rope. Referee missed it. Houston got the win anyway. And Sam says here he's happier than a pig in a poke that he beat Danny Davis. And he's hoping that people will see more of Houston here on TV moving forward. Happier than a pig in a poke? I don't know that he used that line correctly. Is up next, the shill of the pile driver music videos continue here on TV. Yes, you can get them all on one VHS as part of Coliseum Video, but they're all throughout television as well. And this week, we're going to see the Honky Tonk Man singing Honky Tonk Man. So he's changed his theme, but another catchy tune, this one actually catches on and becomes this infamous song that he'll use for the majority of the rest of his career here in the World Wrestling Federation, until we get to Rhythm and Blues anyway. From there, we see a clip of the Hart Foundation backstage preparing for their upcoming title match. Here today on the show, remember the Hart's going to defend against Tito Santana, Rick Martel, Strike Force, and we see Jimmy Hart back in the locker room hyping his team up as they plan to humiliate Strike Force here today on TV. In fact, right after this upcoming break. I always love that song. Catchy tune. Buy yourself some white chocolate Nestle's. I'm not personally a fan of white chocolate or chocolate in general, to be honest with you guys. But that never stopped a great commercial. And as promised, back from the break, it is the WWF Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation in the ring with their manager, Jimmy Hart, ready to take on Challengers Strike Force. And with the Hearts in the ring, the instrumental Girls in Cars play Strike Force to the ring. And it's Pick'em time, Jesse Ventura. For those who don't know, Vince McMahon used to say that a lot back in the day. It's pick'em time, Pat Patterson, way back in the day, long before the national expansion. But here, I had to pop in the latter half of 87. It's pick'em time, Jesse Ventura. 
as the body points out both teams' positives. And based on the crowd reaction, they are stoked for this one. It's Rick Martell and Bret Hart in to start the matchup. And just give me that match one-on-one. Rick Martell and the Hitman. And Strikeforce going to work over Bret Hart's arm here. Tito going to try for a reverse rolling cradle, but Bret holding onto the ropes. And Santana flying backwards, bouncing the back of his head off the mat. And it's time to tag in the big man, the Anvil. Santana showing his heart, though, trading blows with the anvil, but Tito shot into the ropes and catches a knee to the back from the hitman on the apron. And I should note, right before the spot, we get an odd camera cut and a noise change in the crowd as well. So there may have been a little video editing done there. Nevertheless, the hearts take control, picking apart Tito Santana. Lots of double teaming, choking, and cheating shenanigans galore before Bret Hart landing his patented backbreaker, going to give himself a two-count there on Santana. Then Tito sent out to the floor, the hitman dropping off the apron with an elbow to the outside, and then Tito also driven into the guardrail while he's out there. And then back inside the ring, the anvil tries a cover, but Martell in to break it up. From there, Tito almost makes it to the corner to tag in partner Rick, but Bret rushes across the ring, blasting Martell, knocking him off the apron, preventing Santana from making that tag as the Hart Foundation then deliver their version of the demolition decapitation. Never understood how they also used that move. I know they used it first, just odd that they continued to use it following the debut of Axe and Smash. Anywho, it is the Hart's version of the decapitation here, going to get themselves a near fall on Santana, and then it's back to more illegal double teaming from there, choking away by the tag team champions. The Hitman sets Tito up for an Irish whip out of the corner, But Santana reverses, and Brett takes that nasty chest bump into the buckle instead, and now both men down on the mat. And then finally, Tito Santana able to make the hot tag to Rick Martell as the crowd just explodes with excitement. Martell and Neidhart in trading blows, which Rick actually wins. And a dropkick from Martell wiping out the anvil, and then Martell reverse body block off the middle rope, going to get him one. Two, but Bret Hart in to break up the count. The hitman, however, going to pay for coming in, getting tossed to the outside. Then it's Tito Santana back in the ring with Rick Martell, Strikeforce delivering a double body slam, dropping the anvil down to the mat, and Rick Martell locks in the Boston Crab. Submission hold applied, and what's going to happen? Wait a minute. Referee Joey Morella, he's calling for the bell. Can it be? Yes! Morella says Neidhart has submitted. Strikeforce are the new WWF Tag Team Champions. Eight minutes and 54 seconds, and the crowd just goes absolutely nuts for the title change here as Girls in Cars plays out the announcement of the new champions. Fun TV match. Though to be honest, at the time, Rick Martell using the Boston Crab for the win, it threw me for a loop back then. It was a little confusing that that would be the finish. They hadn't really established, really distinguished the crab as Martel's finisher at that point. He just sort of locked it in, and the referee, he called for the bell within a few seconds' time. Which was also a little surprising to see the anvil call it quits on TV. And so quickly, I might add. Now, of course, the camera angle blocks us from Neidhart's head, so we can't actually see him speak or nod to the official here, so we can only assume that he submitted which will no doubt aid the Hearts in their upcoming denial of the submission. Doesn't matter right now, though, guys. It's in the record books. Brand new tag team champions, 
Rick Martell, Tito Santana, Strike Force. As we're off to the locker room, and Craig DeGeorge standing by with the brand new champions celebrating along with friends like Bam Bam Bigelow, Hillbilly Jim, Young Stallions back there, and hey, that's the Junkyard Dog in a cowboy hat. That's interesting. We also see WWF President Jack Tunney backstage celebrating. Tunney looking a little too excited for this title change. Unbecoming of a president. A little biased, if you ask me. And as we conclude this week's edition of Superstars, we learn that next week, right here on TV, November Sweep's going to continue as the natural Butch Reed going to battle the superstar, Billy Graham. And right now we're going to hear from both sides. Yeah, let me lay something on you, Butch Reed. This is superstar Billy Graham, and I'm going to get down and do the boogaloo on top of your head because superstar Billy Graham is back. I got my act together. I'm on top of my game, and superstar Billy Graham is going to come down on you and show you no mercy, brother. Let me tell you something, Slick. This is just what the Nacho Man's been waiting for. A one-on-one confrontation with the fallen star, Billy Graham. Let me tell you next week right here, but we're going to show you how Nacho Man takes care of a superstar. And Billy Graham says he's going to do the boogaloo on Reed's head. Meanwhile, the natural going to make the superstar look like the falling star. It all goes down here next week on WWF Superstars. Very solid show this week. Not only a title match, but a title change. A fun angle to advance the King and Hacksaw feud. And of course, the Survivor Series hype train is running full steam ahead. And now, before we get to Wrestling Challenge, guys, I've got a lot of bonus material here for you guys. In fact, three additional sound bites, three promos coming up for you. It's a nice hodgepodge of things. And we're going to kick the trilogy off right now we're heading back to Billy Redlines one more time. This time he's standing by with Hillbilly Jim. We'll be getting back to the ring in just a moment, but before we do, I have standing by one of the all-time favorites here with the World Wrestling Federation. He's getting to be a regular here on Maple Leaf Wrestling. My good friend, Hillbilly Jim. Jim, come on in. And you know, there's been a lot of things happening in the World Wrestling Federation lately. Yes, sir, you're exactly right. First, I want to say this to you, Billy, and all the wonderful people here in Canada. You know, every time I get a chance to come up here, I'm just tickled, Pete, because the people here in Canada have always been very nice to Hillbilly Jim since day one. They continue to be, and I want to say hello to every, each and every one of them. If you ever see me out, come on up and talk to me, because I want to talk to you. And Billy Red, you know, we have a lot of wonderful announcers in the World Wrestling Federation. You know that. Yes. But I'll have to say this, and I hope all you people at home agree with me, and I know most of you have them, because they already told me. We think that you're the dean of all of them. We think you're the man, and, and it's always a pleasure coming in and be with you. Well, now, it's you did, a pleasure having you. Yes, sir. Now, you just asked me what did I think about what's going on in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, you know, something's been on my mind over a few weeks now. Now, that's that awful thing that happened on that Saturday night's main event, and I'm talking about in the Macho Man Randy Savage match and the Honky Tonk Man match. Now, that's one thing to go out there and wrestle a man and do what you got to do to win the match, and I know some of these guys think like that. I personally don't like to wrestle like that. But when you go striking a woman and pushing a woman down, you can't be much of a man. And I'll say this to you, Honky Tonk Man, if you're out there listening. Everything that goes around certainly comes around. And you're going to get your chance at all the guys in the World Wrestling Federation. And if you think anybody out there is going to give you just one break, son, what you did just took all that away because nobody has no sympathy for you. And I'm sure the macho man leads that way. If he gets his chance, you're going to pay and pay dearly for that, son. Jim? Yes. Uh, I understand you're involved in something else uh, lately. Oh, I'd say I'm tickled pig. Hoo-haw. You know, Hillbilly Jim has lately has appeared on the Hee Haw program. Yes. And do you know what them kind folks down there in Nashville, Tennessee, have invited me to be a regular? And you know what? I accepted. 
Terrific. <laughs> so you're going to be a regular. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. We're right back. And you guys can't see it here on the audio, but Hillbilly dressed out of character here. Kind of in like a, a leather vest or something over a t-shirt. Fun to see old Big Jim out of that Hillbilly gimmick. But Jim stating that he doesn't like what the Honky Tonk Man did to the lovely Elizabeth. Do we have some Honky Tonk Hillbilly Jim matches upcoming? God, I hope not. Also, Jim announcing that he's going to become a regular on Hee Haw. Man, I wish my grandparents were still around. I'd ask him if that actually happened. Nevertheless, sounds like it was in the plans. And this time, guys, we're going to go back up north one more time to Billy Redlines. This time he's standing by with luscious Johnny V and his new dream team. Now, beware, guys. This promo seems to be several months old, but it aired here in November. Here we go. Well, as usual, it's been another exciting hour here on Maple Leaf Wrestling. With all the stars of the World Wrestling Federation, I'd like to thank all you fans out there also for all the cards and letters you've been sending our way. And if there's any others out there who'd like to drop us a line or any comments you have to make about any of the wrestlers or any wrestler you'd like to drop a line to, you can do so by writing to Maple Leaf Wrestling, care of Maple Leaf Gardens, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, postal code M5B1L1. Now, standing by at this time, the new dream team, Dino Bravo, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, and the manager, Johnny V. And Johnny V, I notice you're sporting a new hairstyle. You know, kid, let me tell you something about these cars and letters. I don't want to hear from anybody, see? Because I've heard from too many people. People writing in, dear Johnny V. Ha, ha, ha. Dear Johnny V, it's about time that somebody got even with you. And it's about time that Brutus Beefcake showed his real true colors. Let me tell you something right now, Brutus Beefcake. Let me tell you something, the Canadian wrestling fans out there. This is the new dream team, minus Brutus Beefcake. You see Dino, Bravo, you're always going to see Greg the Hammer Valentine and anything they have to do, whether it's business, wrestling, or I'll tell you what, anything on the street, it's going to be Johnny V right there with him. And Brutus Beefcake, you're going to pay for this haircut. Hey, good. I don't know what Brutus Beefcake is trying to prove going around cutting everybody's hair all of a sudden. You know, we had a night off and this wouldn't have happened if we hadn't had a night off. But we were out in Los Angeles, California taking care of some business. And we heard what happened to Johnny B. I can't believe that, Beefcake. How could you stoop so low? You know, I taught you a little bit about wrestling. But you didn't learn it good enough, man. And being a barber, you know nothing about haircuts. Look at this haircut. Look at it! You made Johnny B look like a freak, a punk rock freak. This man you should respect. This man led you to the world championship. And you have no respect. I couldn't teach you that, Beefcake. But when I get my hands on you, I don't care where it is, all across Canada, United States, Mexico, I'm going to get my hands on you. And once I put that figure four leg lock on you, man, I'm going to let Johnny V slap you around. Oh, please, and we'll cut your hair. Oh, love it. Oh, you love know, it. to add insult to injury, what does he have to do? He goes out and gets the Rougeau brothers to, to get help in six-man situation. You know, just the sound of their name makes me sick, Greg, and much less stepping in the ring with him. Well, Beefcake, we had nine one at one night off, and that's what you did. When we're finished with you and the Rougeau, you're gonna get a lot of nights off laying on your back in a hospital somewhere because we're not gonna accept what you've done. And you, Rougeau, I knew all along you were traitors, but I didn't know you would stoop so low and help Beefcake, and I guarantee you, we'll pay it. You make, we're gonna make you pay the price. Am I Let right me tell you right? something right now. I'm so proud. I am so proud of Dino Bravo. I am so proud of Greg the Hammer Valentine. Dino Bravo's a hundred times more the wrestler than Brutus Beefcake was. He was always the weak link. He was always the reason. Sometimes that Greg Valentine would come to me and say, Johnny, I don't know how much more I can take of this punk. 
I said, Greg, be patient. Someday I'll find the man that take his place. And then Dino Bravo came on the scene. And now bigger and better and greater things are going to happen. And it very well may happen at the hands of the Rougeos. It's obviously going to happen at the hands of Bruce Beefcake. Because this is the new dream team. Dino Bravo, great to have her. time. Oh, yeah. So clearly an old hat promo they showed in the tape machine here as filler for the show. Shortly after Johnny V's first haircut was when this was recorded, courtesy of the barber. Gotta be a good five months old, at the very least. But the Dream Team talking their feud with Beefcake and the Rougeos from over the summer months. Just trying to give you guys more bang for your buck, even though the show is free. We've got one more promo lined up before we head into our next edition of TV. It's Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the, what a tandem, the duo of Hulk Hogan and Bam Bam Bigelow. I know for a fact the Big Apple is upside down over the Survivor Series. That's going to be taking place on Thanksgiving evening, November the 26th, 7.30 p.m., just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Fantastic facility called the Richfield Coliseum. 50, count them, 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars and all involved in this extraordinary event. Two 500 teams in the ladies competition, 10 tag teams. And Hulk Hogan, a 10-man elimination. We've got two of five here going against Andre the Giant company. No, I've used my men wisely because I know how to survive. As far as Orndorff goes, he made a stand. I know he'll be there. I don't trust him, no. Billy Graham, the prophet, has already told me how to eliminate him, how to take him out. The strongest man in the world. I stole his power just in case I get in trouble. But... For the beast from the East Bam Bam Bigelow. I saved him for last, brother. I've taken a vice grip and clamped our foreheads together, brother, because I want to be ready for the final hours. I want the beast in me because I've watched him eat. I've watched him dismember his prey. Can you imagine what the beast is going to do on Thanksgiving? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to eat no dinner. I'm going to save it for turkey day. In the ring, and there's five butterflies that I'm gonna feast on, man, and I'm gonna survive. Me and my team and my captain, the Hulkster. Beast, I wanna know one thing, brother. After you pluck the feathers off their hide and you start stripping the meat off their carcass, what are you gonna do with all the bones, brother? Make soup! <laughs> We're gonna make Andre the Giant and Weasel soup with the whole team. You can count on that, means you. I thank you, Bam Bam, Hulk Hogan, two of five. They're going to be part of the Survivor Series. I can hardly wait. Who will survive? So the Hulkster breaking down the series team. And what a sight. Hulk Hogan with the Bammer here. Essentially, the Hulkster stating that he's going to absorb some of the beast in Bam Bam Bigelow in order to survive at the Survivor Series. Team Andre, what you gonna do? Maybe make some Andre the Giant soup out of what's left of the carcass? Doesn't sound very tasty, Hulk. As Mean Gene asks, who will survive? And we move on to the following day, guys, November 8th, and Wrestling Challenge. All 
All right, and away we go. The November 8th edition of Wrestling Challenge, taped back October 28th, Rochester, New York, at the War Memorial. It's Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon on commentary here, and we head off to the ring for Bam Bam Bigelow. Oliver Humperdinck in his corner, taking on Terry Gibbs. And Bigelow now with theme music. As Bobby Heenan, the prophet here on commentary, says, Bigelow is going to blow out his knees if he keeps doing the things that he does at his size. Well, it won't take a whole lot longer for that to happen, Bobby. And as the match gets going, Bigelow busting out a cartwheel and a leapfrog before planting Terry Gibbs with a standing dropkick. Very impressive. From there, Bigelow tries but misses an enzigiri. Wasn't sure if he was supposed to connect or not because they go right into the finish after that. Big slam and the slingshot splash going to give Bigelow the win. One minute and 14 seconds. Boy, does he look ready for the big 10-man pay-per-view matchup as we head off to special report. And Craig DeGeorge talking about the latest feud here in the WWF between Demolition, Billy Jack Haynes, and Ken Patera. Billy Jack Haynes and Patera, you were the one that started the problem. And what happened? We broke you right in half. Smash! And these two guys dumb or what? They couldn't beat us when they snuck up, and now we're face to face. Demolition, you've created a problem that you're not going to be able to solve, but we're going to solve it once and for all when we get you in the ring one more time. Demolition, blood is sticking in water. You're big, you're bad, you're tough, but family will prevail in the WWF. And by the way, the contract has been offered, and with both sides eager to meet, no doubt about that, Look for Haynes and Batera to take on Axe and Smash in what should be a terrific matchup of strength and fortitude. With this special report, I'm Craig DeGeorge. And right there, we got to see the replay of the demolition taking down Brady Boone, his cousin Haynes, and of course, Kim Patera blasted over that already injured arm. So we hear from both sides, and the contracts are signed. So look for this match in an arena near you guys as we head back to the ring for the Ultimate Warrior. Going to be taking on Barry Horowitz here. No intros for this matchup. The bell simply sounds, and away we go, returning from break. We do get an insert promo from the Warrior here, however, using the word brother at least two or three times again this week. Warrior says he's bringing the thunder and lightning with his Warriors to the WWF. Ah! Very intimidating, UW. Is the Warrior Man going to overpower Barry Horowitz in this one? Knocking him outside of the floor, just pounding on old poor Barry with some nasty chops and a brick wall of a clothesline. If brick walls could move, my God. Then it's the Gorilla Press drop. Going to give the Ultimate Warrior the win in 1 minute and 51 seconds. Warrior beginning to come into his own here in the WWF as we head off to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the Macho Man. Randy Savage. All right, so much talk, talked about in the pending, the forthcoming Survivor Series just outside of Cleveland at the Richfield Coliseum on Thanksgiving, November the 26th. 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars and all assembled under one roof in the ladies' competition, two five-member teams. Ten tag teams and all in that exciting tag team elimination matchup. There will be four five-man teams in two ten-man elimination matchups. And that first big one, Hulk Hogan, to captain a team of five, going against Andre the Giant and his five, some macho man Randy Savage. Over the past weeks, I have looked in your eyes, and I can see hatred, bitter hatred. And I know that it stems from that incident on Saturday night's main event, 
between you and the man that's going to be uh, captaining the opposing fivesome, the honky-tonk man, and you certainly have got your troops ready for this one. Mm, yeah! The Survivor Series has caught the imagination of people all around the world. Yeah! But focusing in on one guy, bang, bang! Yeah, I got you shot, and I got you down, real, real down, yeah. The imagination that I have right now is how many ways and how many, uh, uh-huh, I got my team ready, Mean Gene Oakland, and you're right. Nightmares from Elizabeth affect the macho man Randy Savage and Saturday night's main event will never be forgotten. I know that is... Never a be forgotten! Very sensitive subject, but how is Elizabeth getting along these days? Physical pain, yeah. The sore shoulder and the sore jaw is all healed now, but the emotional scars are still there. And in the Survivor Series, what an opportunity to make her feel all right! Yeah, put the spark back in her eye, and all I gotta do, yeah, is get my team real, real, real psyched up. And I'm talking all the way to the top of the roof of the Richfield Coliseum. And then, let it happen. Yeah, let it happen. Let the honky-tonk man suffer. Yeah, Elizabeth will be there, me, Gene Okerlund. She'll be there real, real, real pretty. And it's going to be rehabilitation when she sees the survivors. Our team, yeah. The snake, the hacksaw, the barber, yeah. The dragon and the macho man, Randy Savage. We're not going to let this go away. No. Oh, man, this is going to be like World War Three. Bing, bang. Macho man clearly hasn't forgotten about Saturday night's main event, looking for revenge on the honky-tonk man at the Richfield Coliseum. And you got to admit, at least he knows his team now. Then from there, of course, our originally announced feature match this week was the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, supposed to be taking on George the Animal Steel. Unfortunately, that match had to be canceled. And here's Ted DiBiase to explain why. Well, folks, last week we promised you a special, very interesting match between the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and one George the Animal Steel. However, it seems that uh, George the Animal Steel is nowhere to be found I know where he is. It's feeding time at the zoo. He's Let's the garbage the enough. dollar man, please. <laughs> that idiot, the animal, he couldn't even find the building. He got lost. So you know what that means? It means another victory for the million dollar man. Of course, I like to win by competing. But yet, a victory is a victory. And a victory means more of this. And I like all of that I can keep. Well, DiBiase, in fact, gets a victory in the record book and gets the money as well to put more in his pocket. So the animal apparently couldn't find his way to the building. DiBiase going to win this one by forfeit. Hmm. That's the second time George has skipped a match in the past couple of months here on TV. And as much as I didn't want to see this match, I kind of did want to see this match at the same time. Call it curiosity. The real reason this match isn't taking place? Remember Ted DiBiase recently undergoing that minor knee surgery, and he's out for a couple weeks here. Not going to make it to the show, so we'll blame it on old George. Instead, we have a replacement feature match. Going to see the British Bulldogs take on the new Dream Team, Dino Bravo, Greg Valentine, accompanied to the ring by luscious Johnny V. As the match gets going, both Bravo and Valentine having issues with the Dynamite Kid early on, as Gorilla Monsoon states that Kid is back to 100%. Although Gorilla doesn't go into details, he doesn't elaborate as to what he's referring to. The Dynamite Kid back at 100%. And based on that snap suplex that he gives the hammer here, Dynamite is indeed looking better, but will likely never reach 100% ever again. As the action continues on, the Dream Team having a rough time sustaining control until Dynamite Kid gets caught by a Dino Bravo knee as he charges into the corner. 
Then it's Valentine then sending Davy Boy off the apron as he tries a figure four leg lock on Dynamite Kid, but Kid gonna kick Greg off, sending him face first into the corner buckle. And Valentine gonna make it to his corner tag and partner Dino Bravo, but it's hot tag time to Davy Boy Smith as well. As Davy Boy in running wild on both members of the Dream Team, sending the hammer outside, and then a running power slam down on Dino Bravo. Dynamite Kid then tagged back in. Davy Boy gonna press his partner Dynamite into the air for their patented diving headbutt spot. But Johnny V rushes into the ring, attacking Smith as he has the kid over his head, causing the disqualification for outside interference. The Bulldogs will get the DQ win, 3 minutes and 14 seconds. Now post-match, we get a four-way melee between the two teams before the Bulldogs grab Matilda and she chases the heels back to the locker room. But wait a minute, Johnny V still in the ring. And the Bulldogs wipe the mat with him before Dynamite Kid gives him a goodbye present. A back superplex off the middle rope. Down goes Johnny V. And then the Bulldogs also going to place Matilda, sit her on top of the chest of JV to close out the segment. Talk about adding insult to injury. And this will mark the end of the Dream Team on TV outside of their Survivor Series appearance and also the end of Johnny V as a manager outside of Survivor Series as well. And this was clearly a way of kind of writing JV out here as his hair is magically finally starting to grow back. Up next, we head off to another promo. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Team Hulk Hogan for the Survivor Series. And thus far, he's been missing in action in these promos, but he's here this time, guys. This promo going to include Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. I've never seen anything quite like it. The troops are lining up for the Survivor Series in Richfield, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland. Don't think for a minute I don't recognize those 24-inch guns. <laughs> Captain Hulk Hogan. Well, you better believe it, Mean Gene. I wanted him to know in the Bobby Heenan camp that we were watching a man. That's why I climbed on the largest mountain in the world, brother. And when I was on top of the mountain, I let him know I was watching a man. They're like a bunch of caged animals, man. They're ready to survive. That's what I like. Once they knew I was watching, man, their weaknesses, their flaws, I saw them all, brother. They backed into a corner, man. They're ready to fight right now. And so are we, brother, the strongest man in the world. If I become tired, weary, and weak, I'm going to soak your powers, man. Steal from your body to guide me through. The prophet superstar Billy Graham, the man with the power, the master blaster, has told only what it takes to survive. As far as Bam Bam Bigelow, I'm counting on him to even up odds, brother, when it gets real, real heavy. What about as him? As far as you, man, as far as you go, the history between this man, I'm not asking for your word. All I want is you to make a stand. You got to survive with us, yes? All right, let's talk about it, gentlemen. Captain Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorff. What a night this is going to be. You know, Bad elimination. You know I didn't get to the position that I am now without being a survivor. I've done what I've had to do. I've scratched, I've called, I've bit, I've used dirt, I've done everything. And I know where Bobby Heaton's coming from. I know where each and every one of the people are at. And that's why that we will come out of this ring a winner. All right, Bam Bam Bigelow. You know, you got five of the strongest men in the world in that ring, and we're going to survive. Ken Patera. 
You know, I ran with the pack just like Mr. Wonderful did at one time. And we know how devious and how cruel they can be. But I'm going to tell you something. We are the survivors. I've already proven that myself. All right, Prophet the, Superstar. When the 24-inch gun goes up and the shadow falls, they all fall, Daddy. All right, and Captain, what a night you're going to have. How will they survive, brothers? They won't. When the largest arms in the world in my team of survivors... And Hulk Hogan running with his entire team in this promo, the world's strongest man, Kim Patera, the beast from the East, Bam Bam Bigelow, the prophet, the superstar, Billy Graham, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff will make a stand in order to survive alongside Hulk Hogan. As challenge continues on, we get a quick clip from Saturday night's main event. We see the honky talk man, macho man storyline once more. Those two men will lead their teams into the Survivor Series as they continue to have matches all along the house show circuit as well. Back to the ring for tag team action, Haku and Tama the Islanders with manager Bobby Heenan by their side, taking on the duo of Jerry Allen and Special Delivery Jones. And during this match, we get an insert promo from the Young Stallions talking about the upcoming pay-per-view, and they mention that if they can win this one, that will do it for Powers and Roma. They will be seen as one of the top teams here in the World Wrestling Federation. Well. We'll have to wait and see. And then in the ring, the Islanders dominating the action this week. Haku with a shoulder breaker. And then Tama off the top rope for the big splash on Jerry Allen. Going to give the Islanders the win. Two minutes and 18 seconds. As we head off to a special interview, Craig DeGeorge standing by on the platform with the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. As Jimmy and Honky have some fun here stretching the new Dragon and Macho Man action figures. Noting they'd love to have an Elizabeth one as well. Jeez, guys. They say at Survivor Series, Team Honky Tonk Man will take out Team Macho, leaving just Savage all alone for the Honky Tonk Man to do his damage. And then to close out the segment, Jimmy Hart holding the Macho Man stretch him doll, stretching his arms out while Honky bashes the toy over the head with a guitar. Awesome heel shit here. And I don't ever recall watching this promo before, and I loved it. Honky Tonk Man smashing a toy with his guitar. And well, we've waited long enough for it, and here it is, guys. It's the debut right here on Wrestling Challenge of the Slickster's music video for Jive Soul Bro. Said I love her forevermore But the trouble is I tell the same old story To every girl that walks through the door This is the slick star talking at your honey And off to the ring we go for the Jive Soul Bro The Doctor of Style Slick leading his man The Natural Butch Reed to action against Omar Atlas here And really odd this week All the introductions for the matches Not shown it's straight to the ring, and the bell sounds every time, with the participants' names shown in a Chiron instead. And I'm not sure if that's how it originally aired, or if this was done after the fact on WWF Classics. Nevertheless, it's Butch Reed scoring the win here after a big press slam and a top rope clothesline, pinning Atlas in just 1 minute and 15 seconds. From there, we get a replay from WWF Superstars, Strike Force taking the WWF Tag Team titles over the Hart Foundation. That match shown once again in its entirety here 
on Wrestling Challenge and for a title change, I can't argue that. As we come to the conclusion of Wrestling Challenge, a couple of promos lined up for you here, guys. First, it's Mean Gene standing by with Mr. Fuji and his tag team of Demolition. Oh, man, I got to tell you, there are some shocking things happening in the World Wrestling Federation. All of this leading up to the Survivor Series just outside of Cleveland at the Richfield Coliseum. I suspect 21, 22, 23,000 people are going to be on hand for that on Thanksgiving night. That's November the 26th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Fans all over the country, all over the world are going to have an opportunity to see this one. Four five-man teams, Mr. Fuji in the Survivor Series. Two five-member teams in the ladies' elimination. Now, all of a sudden, there are brand-new tag team champions. That should be of interest to you. Oh, yeah. Strike Force upending the hearts. And it even, I think, adds fuel to this already raging fire, raging inferno. Ten tag teams in a big tag team elimination. Let me tell you, the demolition will survive because I got them up two o'clock in the morning running around Lake Erie and they survive so they can survive anything if they run around Lake Erie. All right, fans of the metropolitan Cleveland area, right now viewing this with great interest, Axe and Smash, especially in light of the fact that we have new tag team champions. Well, like Master Fuji says, at 2 o'clock in the morning, he came in and hit me over the head with a cane. Then we went over and woke Axe up. It's not so bad running around Lake Erie, but when you're in waist-deep water with lead boots on, <laughs> it gets tough to survive. But we did it! We did it! What about an act? You know something, Howard? We asked the master. When is it? Thanksgiving. Where is it? Richfield Coliseum. And who do we got to beat up? He said, I don't care. Take your pick. But beat somebody up, kick them out of the ring. Beat somebody else up, kick them out of the ring and weed them out. We don't have team partners. He's my partner. I'm his partner. He's our master. And we're the survivors. Remember now, though, if one of you gets eliminated, the other automatically has to go back to the shower. There's not a chance anything like that could happen. And just like you said, the hearts lost the belts. What are they, our captains? They ain't. We're the captains with Master Fuji. All of a sudden, I say this situation is heated up, and indeed it is, Mr. Fuji's demolition to be part of the tag team elimination in the Survivor's series thanksgiving night in richfield and the demos apparently running around running through lake erie so they can survive anything if they can survive lake erie sounds really weird hearing fuge referencing geographical things like the five great lakes but i digress Axe going to chime in there referring to mean genus howard once again and the demolition insist that they are the captains of their team at the survivor series because the hearts they lost the belts and as we close out this edition of Wrestling Challenge, next week we learn it's going to be Jake the Snake Roberts going one-on-one -on -one with Nikolai Volkov as we hear from both sides. You, brothers, next week my man Nikolai Volkov going to get down one-on-one -on -one with Jake the Snake Roberts. And you know, brother, if you pull out that slimy snake, then Comrade Zukov going to take care of the situation. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. 310 pounds of Russian might be a little bit too much for me. But why don't you touch the snake and feel him grow because he's more than what you want to handle. Now they say, Zukov, you're going to be there. And Slick, I know you're sure to be there. But I think you're a little bit superstitious. Or you wouldn't be bringing Zukov down to take care of Damien. I just don't think any of you can get the job done. So there it is, Slick threatening the interference from Boris Zukov right out of the gate. But Damien... 
will be on the other side. And that's going to wrap up Wrestling Challenge. So we move on to Primetime Wrestling. Remember, now on Thursday nights, at least for a few more weeks. So away we go. Primetime Wrestling for November 12th, 1987. This week, as always, hosted by Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, we head into an intro. And have you guys got your Thanksgiving turkey picked out yet? I'm Gorilla Monsoon. I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. You were very emphatic about that. I want to get the point across. You the and time else. is winding down, Brain. Another you, week uh, gone by. Have you got your turkey picked out? Two weeks left. We've got our I, turkey picked out. You are my Thanksgiving turkey. You will be the turkey, as far as I'm concerned. Here's the turkey. You think so? You wish. Gobble, gobble. You wish. Have we got action lined up this week? We definitely do. We're talking about tag team title action. The World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, putting it on the line against the number one challenger in my book, the guys who, sooner or later, will end up with the gold around their waist, Strike Force. Not Islanders. Go ahead. Strike Force. Well, we have Honky joining us this week, Hillbilly, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, Nikolai Volkov, uh, Junkyard Dog, uh, the Million Dollar Man. None of your family members. Is the King there? No. Ravishing Rick Rude? No. Bundy? No. Andre the Giant? No. Why are you even here? Kirk? No. The Islanders? No. None of your people are with it. Were they all on strike? Are they all uh, bulking up for the Survivor Series? Or what are they doing? No, this is just another ploy. This is just another thing they're doing to me. Somebody's back to control them with your help. Do you think that, that, that I produced this lineup here? I'm not the producer. Well, whoever producer. produced it should I'm be not the producer of the show. Obviously, we don't I'm have I'm only one. the host. I'm the host. Hillbilly Jim taking on the honky-tonk man. This show the has a producer? Ma- it certainly I does. probably had two hours of sleep in the last so I will spoke well of you. Let's go to the ring. Bobby Heenan is the Thanksgiving turkey, says the gorilla. Or he will be anyway after the Survivor Series. And apparently no Heenan family members on the program here this week. Seems a little impossible when you're managing seven guys, Bobby, but you got it done. As we roll on with the show up next, we've got a promo queued up here. It's Mean Gene Oakland standing by with some of the members of Team Honky. Actually, folks, what's coming up right now is a special interview with a one team captain member from the Survivor Series referring to hey, Bruce. the Intercontinental <laughs> name's Bruce. Champion. Hey, Bruce. Honky Tonk Man, let's go Why to it. Why don't you it. run a piece of film for me? I don't know, Paul, if you're aware of this or not, but Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, requested specifically if I talk to the Honky Tonk Man about the Survivor Series, they don't want on their television program any guitar playing. I think we're going to be able to accommodate them. Come on in, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> oh, you're looking very snappy this week. That's it. The T-shirt says it all. Maybe. Survivor Series. That's right. The captain. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time. And look who's with him, baby. Dangerous Danny Come Davis. Come on in here, Danny. Come on in. Hello, Hello baby. Listen, I think I'm going to make Danny Davis the honorary co-captain of my team. All right. Good For the simple reason, I'm going to need somebody to direct the troops while I've got my eye on you, macho man. That's it. I've got my eye on you, and I've got my other eye on Elizabeth. 
because the thing is this, I know she was humiliated. I know she was embarrassed. And I know she was hurt on Saturday night's main event. She's never been the same. <laughs> That's what I understand. Well, I hear that she can't sleep at all at night now. She's tossing and turning. I understand Elizabeth can't even go in the bathroom and blow dry her hair the proper way anymore. She's all shook up. Elizabeth, if you set foot in the ring at the Survivor Series Thanksgiving night, you're not going to get humiliated. You're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to be hurt. I promise you that. You're going to be devastated because a honky-tonk man is not finished with you yet. <laughs> Danny, promise me one thing. You being the honorary co-captain of this team, co that you will take care of Jake the Snake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Brutus, and Brutus the Barber Fruitcake, <laughs> and leave me and the rest of the team members to take care of Macho Man Randy Savage. You promise them that? Elizabeth. You got it, Hunky Tonk. You got <laughs> it. Boy, I'll take the it only referee in professional wrestling that can beat all Survivor Series in Cleveland on Thanksgiving evening. So if you caught that going in, Bobby Heenan, getting on the phone there, having some fun with Bruce, somebody named Bruce, talking about Bruce Pritchard, who's starting to work on primetime wrestling behind the scenes. Also, Danny Davis named the honorary co-captain of Team Hockey Talk, man. He's going to take care of the other four men, leave the macho man for the IC champion himself. And coming out of the Bob Orton match late in the show, maybe the last Bob Orton match to make air here on WWF TV. Bobby Heenan is on the phone with the Terry Garvin School of Self-Defense. Once the ace lays the superplex no, on you, I don't know of too many guys that can come back and ever kick out of that. I, I know there isn't one guy in the Brains family. Whom are you speaking with, Brain? Just a minute. I happen to be on the phone. With whom? With whom? Yes. I'm talking to the Terry Garvin School of Self-Defense. Oh. Why, are you enrolling some of your family members? Well, no, there's some guys that want to be uh, scouted and they're interested in getting into professional wrestling. I keep all facets of the sport open. Uh-huh. I know a few graduates from that school Check that did very well. Pat Patterson is one that comes to mind, uh, former Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. I was He didn't hold the title very long, but uh, certainly had an impressive record. We are doing a program. This is just a, a national just a uh, television what? program. Would you Hold on. care to you be part of it? Who is this? Check. Terry Garvin, I can't talk to you right now. Listen, we have our main event we'll coming up in, in just a moment. We'll be right back. So we learned there, Pat Patterson, a graduate of the Terry Garvin School of Self-Defense, as those two continue to have fun with that. Also here this week on Primetime, we had an exclusive match taped back October 7th, Green Bay, Wisconsin, at the Veterans Memorial Arena. It was Ted DiBiase scoring a pinfall win over the junkyard dog in about 10 minutes, using his tights for leverage. DiBiase out on the apron, dog scooping him up over the top, trying to bring him back in the ring. But somehow the momentum rolled DiBiase over on top, hooked the tights, stole the win. And that's going to wrap it up for this week here in WWF TV. So we move on to the following week. It's the November 14th edition of the Superstars of Wrestling Taped also October 27th, Syracuse, New York, at the War Memorial. It's Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno Sammartino, once again on commentary. And off to the ring we go 
for Bam Bam Bigelow. Going to kick things off hot here. Bigelow's corner, it's Oliver Humperdinck, and the Bam are going to take on Gino Carabello. As we see a big boot, a high backdrop, a vertical suplex, and a uh, uh, falling headbutt by Bam Bam Bigelow here on Carabello. But Gino, he doesn't know when to quit. Carabello somehow finds himself back on his feet, blasting Bigelow with a hard shot, but Bammer just stares him down and busts out a standing dropkick in response, sending Carabello flying through the ropes and out to the apron. Then Gino slammed back into the ring in place for the slingshot splash. Going to give Bam Bam Bigelow the win, one minute and 17 seconds, and the crowd is going absolutely nuts here for Bam Bam. Then from there, we're off to a special interview. Craig DeGeorge standing by up on the platform with Team Andre the Giant. All 10,000 pounds of them. And very similar to the Honky Tonk Man promo from last week, the heels plan to take out Team Hulkster, leaving it down to just Hulk Hogan so that Andre the Giant can have his way with them. And also, like the Honky Tonk Man promo from last week, it's more of the new Stretchem figures here, as Slick, Bobby Heenan, and Andre the Giant I'll grab a body part of the action figure of Hulk Hogan's doll and stretch him out. Andre stretching the head and neck of the champ. Fun visual anyway. And hey, gotta sell those toys, guys. Christmas just over a month away. Show continues on. We get a brief Brutus Beefcake video. We see clips of Brutus strutting and cutting, humiliating his opponents, all set to a classical theme. Okay. And back to the ring tag team action, going to see the Bolsheviks. Nikolai Volkov, Boris Zukov with Slick in their corner, taking on the duo of Jerry Allen and Mario Mancini. And of course, what's a Bolshevik match without everyone rising for Nikolai's singing of the Soviet National Anthem? And then as the action gets going, Volkov busting out that spinning kick thing he does to begin on Jerry Allen, so Nikolai already out of moves. Then Zukov tagging in, but Allen getting a near fall, a two count off of a reverse body block on Boris as the Ruskies going to take right back over on top. Volkov with the overhead press into the backbreaker. Okay, now Nikolai's out of moves. As Volkov then going to whip Mancini into the ropes, Boris comes running off the opposite side with a flying headbutt attack. Blah finisher gets the win. One minute, 50 seconds. And we just saw him in action, so now's a great time to hear from the team as well. It's Billy Redline standing by with the Bolsheviks. We'll be going back to the ring in just a moment, but before we do, I have standing by manager, doctor of style, and his new tag team combination, the Bolsheviks. You know, let me tell you something. I've got it all. I look good. I drive the finest cars. I live in the finest homes and condominiums all across the country, all over the world. I wear the finest jewelry. I wear the finest clothes. I've got money. I've even got a record out now on the wrestling album Power Driver. I've got a video out. I've got it all, brother. And now, to complete the scenario, I have two of the finest athletes in the world today. Two men who take a back seat to nobody. Comrade Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov. Right. Right. 
These great teams here, these uh, strike force now are your new champions. But this Mexican who is uh, Santana and Rick Martel, they think it is so great. They cheated their way to the title. Then you have your, your British Bulldogs. You have the Russo brothers. You have these killer bees flying around, cheating their way to title matches. Right on. Well, they think they're going to cheat their way over Comrade Zukov and Comrade Volkov. There is no way. Because of the slickster in our corner taking care of our business, coming out with the rubles, there is no way we can That's be stopped. Right. Hey, you know what do with my money? Russo's, our Wesley Russian war bond. If ever war comes to those two countries, I have no guilty bottle. Push the bottle and destroy you. We're right back after these reps. And Nikolai and Boris recently formed one of the new teams here in the WWF. As we move on, we see a clip from last week's Strike Force dethroning the Hart Foundation of the tag team titles. And then it's back to the ring here this week. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff with Oliver Humperdinck in his corner taking on Carmine Serace. As Jesse Ventura talks about Orndorff's confusion, going back and forth heel and face, I guess. And it's Bruno Sammartino who finds this a perfect time to point out that's all explained by Orndorff in the latest edition of the WWF magazine. Oh, now they got Bruno shilling their merchandise. As the action begins, the always aggressive Orndorff stays on top of Serace here, pitching him out to the floor at one point, only to throw him right back inside. Ventura on commentary points it out, says it makes no sense to throw somebody outside if he's going to throw him right back in the ring. The body always did tell it like it was. But man, is Orndorff over with the fans here still. Loud pops for his playing to the crowd all throughout the matchup. Paul with a nasty stiff clothesline to Serace's face. Before he signals for the pile driver, the crowd goes nuts as Orndorff lands the pile driver here, scoring the win, two minutes and 36 seconds. And I'm really digging the Syracuse crowd. They've been up throughout the entire show thus far. As we head off to another promo now, Billy Redline standing by this time with the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. I didn't say longest reigning, just said the greatest. Here is the Honky Tonk Man. We'll be getting you back to the ring in just a moment for another exciting match. And as I've said so many times in the past, when you're watching the World Wrestling Federation, you're watching the best. Anyone that means anything in professional wrestling today is with the World Wrestling Federation. And I will have to admit, the Intercontinental Champion, he's the one of the top. And this man here, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Boy, you're long-winded. Are you through? You know, I've got a big surprise for you. I'm going to bring you on just a second. But first of all, I want to bring him on like he should be brought on. But have you got a copy of the brand new Pile Driver album? I don't have it right. You don't have it, but you've heard it. Yes, sir. What is the best song on the album? Come on, come on. I, I, I really don't have any favorite. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's called The Honky Tonk Man, sung by The Honky Tonk Man, written by Jimmy Hart and The Honky Tonk Man. And guess who's here? The Honky Tonk Man, baby. Woo! Mm-mm-mm. How can anything look so Woo! good? and be so bad. <laughs> the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time. Number one. The greatest of all time. You know it, Billy Red. I've beaten them all. I've beat every former intercontinental heavyweight champion there was. And when it's all over, when there's no more left, I guess I'll just have to retire with a belt. It'll make a nice little thing to go in my trophy case because I don't think anybody can beat me for it. I'm on a natural high right now. I'm at the top of the world. In fact, if you catch a wave, you're sitting on top of the world. See, the honky tonk, man, when I'm up there in Canada, when I come to this fine country, I might stop being over there and let Elma cut my hair. When I'm in Vancouver with my 59 pink Cadillac, I let George Labash work on it for me. 
You see, I have to be styled just right. When I go to Winnipeg, I'm looking for Jack Lanza. Oh, one-eyed Jack, see, we run the streets over there. When a honky-tonk man goes to Ottawa, I'm looking for you-know-who over there, <laughs> the big man. And when a honky-tonk man is in Toronto, mm-hmm, the home of Maple Leaf Wrestling, that's where it comes from. I'm usually hanging around the office over there. I'm usually hanging around Jack Tunney's place trying to get me some easy matches. <laughs> because the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of the world wants to give my Canadian people what they want. I want to sing. I want to dance. I want to play my guitar for them. I want to shake, rattle, and roll. When the honky-tonk man heads on up, I go to Halifax, Nova Scotia. I see all of my newfie friends. I visit with them all. Montreal, Wee oui, Wee oui, Monsieur, Regina, Victoria Island. Have I missed any spot across Canada? No, have, you, you, you've covered just about all of I've Canada. Every one one of thing I wanted to say, though, if the honky-tonk man ever catches up to you, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. No, 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 no. Wait, what you've done to him on Saturday night? <laughs> Oh, you're getting all shook up now. You're thinking about the macho man. You're thinking about Randy Savage. If he ever catches up with me. Well, he might can catch up with me. If he wants to, all he has to do is put the name on the line. Call Stu Hart. Put Stu Hart on the line. Stu Hart will tell you, Randy Macho Man is afraid of me because Stu Hart has seen the honky-tonk man create havoc and destruction across Canada. And he'll tell he has told Jack Tunney, he said, book that match, that's the one the people want to see. Why don't they book it? What you done to Elizabeth was a disgrace. <laughs> All right, guys, and if you didn't get enough of honky there, here's a double dose as we head back one more time. This time we're going to hear from Team Hockey talking all about the Survivor Series. I'll tell you what, I've never seen anything like it. Wherever I go in this great land of ours, people are talking about the Survivor Series just outside of Cleveland, Richfield Coliseum on Thanksgiving night. Jimmy Hart, I've got to say, on the opposing team that's going to be facing Honky Tonk and Company, there isn't a man there that doesn't absolutely hate his guts. Starting out with the Macho Man, Ricky Steamboat, Beefcake, Duggan, and especially Jake the Snake Roberts. Well, let me tell you something, baby. Look who this man has assembled together. Also, I talked to Bobby in the Brain earlier, and he said that Hercules and Harley Race will be ready, baby. All and right. I just made Danny Davis honorary team captain, and he's assured me honorary. that outlaw Ron Bass will be ready with Miss Betsy, a 20-foot-long piece of leather, and there's going to be some leather popping. And I know, outlaw, that when you take Miss Betsy out there... That Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Brutus Beefcake, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Jake the Snake Roberts will be nursing the ring post when they see that. That will leave that will leave only one thing. Macho man Randy Savage. Uh, what about it, Danny Davis? I have made a promise to the honky tonk man. The Intercontinental Champion, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, that we are gonna eliminate Savage, Steamboat, Beefcake, Duggan, and Snake. All right. And he's going to take care of Randy Savage mm -hmm. all the time. All right, the outlaw Ron Bass, one I'll special request. What? Look at what? Don't what do you snap, want? Don't snap that thing in front of me. What do you mean? What do you mean, though, huh? <laughs> on my nerves. Let me tell you something, people. They call it a Survivor Series, and you're looking at Survivors right here. Thanksgiving Day, I'm going to carve me some turkeys up, and right here's what's going to be the night. And I'll tell you what, Honky Tonk. I'll tell you what, Jimmy Hurt. Those people on the other side, Jake the Snake. You know, I need a new pair of boots, or I think Miss Damien would be just the perfect day. So right there at Thanksgiving night, I'm coming at you, people. Just All right. I've never heard of anything quite like it before. We've got a couple of 10-man eliminations, part of the Survivor Series on Thanksgiving. And there it was, Jimmy Hart, Honky Tonk Man, Danny Davis, Outlaw Ron Bass, all present 
Looking forward to taking on Team Macho in just a few weeks' time at the Richfield Coliseum. Now, last week, guys, we heard from Sam Houston talking about his recent win over Danny Davis here on TV. Now we hear from Houston one more time, and this time also from the other side, Danny Davis as well. Sam Houston continues with the awful country and cowboy references here. Going to do a hoedown on Danny Davis once again, should they step in the ring. Sam also referencing something his father taught him. Probably want to stay away from that advice, Sam, for various reasons. But Danny Davis seems to beg to differ. The dangerous one stating that when they meet again, it'll be Davis coming out on top. As we head back to the ring for more action, the ultimate warrior out here once again, this time taking on Steve Lombardi, as we are treated to yet another insert promo from the Warrior Man. Yeah, brother, is that something you can just turn on and up and it's knocking on your door? You can make it easy and you can open the door. Or the ultimate warrior is going to bust right through that door. What's he talking about? I'm talking about the power of the warriors. And it's coming to the WWF. Power of the warrior. This man is very powerful. Yeah, brother. Power of the warrior coming through that door. Whether you like it or not, guys. And as the match gets going, it's leapfrogs and hip tosses early on. As warrior's still getting his moves set together. But then we see the flying shoulder tackle, a stiff-ass clothesline. Ah, that's the warrior I know. And then from there, the delayed gorilla press slam, and what a delay it was, and a high elevation splash. Warrior really got up there to score the win, two minutes and seven seconds. Intensity personified as we get a little rope shake after the match as well from the Ultimate Warrior. Things are starting to come together for this superstar. And at this point on the show, we get a replay. We actually saw this on primetime back in October. I played a soundbite of it at the time, and it was so good that they had to air it here on syndication as well. It's the special interview regarding the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase up on the platform with Craig DeGeorge and bodyguard Virgil. DiBiase offering a young boy, Sean, $500 if he can dribble a basketball 15 times in a row. Well... Sean gets to 14, and then DiBiase kicks the ball away, thus preventing Sean from getting to 15, screwing him out of his $500. Because if you don't get the job done, Sean, you don't get the money. An absolutely awesome, I guess you can call it a vignette, a live vignette, if you will, getting heat on the character of Ted DiBiase. And for those who are angry at the outcome, don't worry, they actually informed the family prior to the segment what the plan was and paid them anyway. Now, poor Sean, however, story goes, he forgot the deal and was legitimately sad following the segment. So hopefully that family, they gave Sean a little bit of that $500. As we roll on, we get a promo up next from Demolition and Mr. Fuji, axe decked out in red and white stripes, almost look like a candy cane. I could see the barber wearing this paint job had he teamed with Demolition in a six-man. Kind of like Duggan did at SummerSlam 89. Yeah, the barber pole, face paint. I can see that on Brutus Beefcake, but X, very weird choice this week by Bill Eady. But uh, they're out here to introduce the debut of their new music video, Demolition, as sang by Rick Derringer. They also warned Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera to take note.
And that's just one of eight music videos available right now on the Coliseum Video Piledriver release. As we're back to the ring for The Rock, Don Morocco, taking on Dave Wagner here, and the word jacked doesn't begin to describe the roadmap of protruding veins running across the upper body of The Rock here. Just insane. As Morocco with a spine buster right out of the gate, a running power slam from there, and then it's the tombstone pile driver giving The Rock the win in just 46 seconds. Quick and aggressive for what it was. Thanksgiving night. Witness the Survivor Series. There it is, the Survivor Series, coming your way soon. Available on pay-per-view, order now, guys. As the show continues, the WWF asking the fans their thoughts on the Survivor Series pay-per-view, and one of the fans essentially becomes a shill for the company when he talks about how affordable it is to have a great time at home with the family, watch the Survivor Series on pay-per-view without his wallet taking a body slam. That's one way to get on TV. Another teenager claiming he has already ordered the pay-per-view to make sure his family is covered. How kind. And then we get some jerk kid also backing that heel honky-tonk man. And then it's back to the ring. Here we go. Jive Soul Bro playing him to the ring. It's the natural Butch Reed taking on the superstar Billy Graham, who was out next to Jesus Christ. Superstar is his theme music for this one. And Graham is attacked by the natural as he tries to step through the ropes. Reed choking Superstar with his own tie-dye shirt before just putting the boots to Graham's new plastic hip. Slick then going to distract the referee while Butch Reed begins repeatedly bashing Graham over that bad hip with a steel chair. As the match finally gets going, Butch Reed then begins working over the hip and leg as we get an insert promo, kind of an odd placement for this, of the one-man gang who warns everyone about putting down the Slickster. And then back to the action, Butch showing more personality and charisma during this beatdown than he has the entire year. He's really taking advantage of the story here, at least the best he can, as Reed goes up top, but he jumps off into a waiting Graham who lays in some shots, begins to rock the natural, but a really awful clothesline going to send Butch Reed out to the floor. And then Slick once again up on the apron, but he's thrown in the ring by Graham this time, the superstar cornering the Doctor of Style up against the turnbuckles before locking in the bear hug. Graham has Slick applied in his bear hug finisher. But the superstar no sooner locks Slick into the bear hug when the one-man gang out of nowhere attacking Billy Graham from behind, causing the disqualification. Two minutes and 25 seconds. So it's the gang now attacking the superstar Post-match, Reed back in the ring as well, natural and slick, holding down Graham's arms and legs while the gang comes off the ropes with the big 747 splash. But they're not done yet, guys. Gang going to drop a second and even a third monster splash on the superstar. And finally, it's Rock Don Morocco back out, rushing out to the ring, gets a hold of the Slickster's cane, nailing Butch Reed out to the floor, slick diving out of the ring as well. Don Morocco out to make the save as Billy Graham now down and out on the arena floor. It does look like the superstar trying to sit up on his own. Unbelievable. However, the officials have a stretcher out. Or are those doctors? Not really sure. But as Morocco comes over to check on Billy Graham, Butch Reed attacking The Rock from behind on the floor. And the two men commence the brawling. That's Reed and Morocco. 
but the distraction allows the one-man gang to splash Graham once again a fourth time, this time on the concrete. Oh, the humanity. And right now we're going to try to restore some order, make a sense of all this, and while we're doing that, let's head off one more time to Billy Red Lions, this time standing by with the macho man, Randy Savage. We'll be getting back to the ring in just a moment for another exciting match, but I have standing by at this time the former Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, Macho Man Randy Savage. And Macho Man, yeah. there's only one thing I'm sure that's on your mind, and that's got to be the Honky Tonk Man. Absolutely, I got no respect for the Honky Tonk Man at all. I got respect for you, Billy Red Lions. I've followed your career since I was an itsy-bitsy Macho Madness maniac type person, yeah. But my attitude has changed lately. Yes, it is. Saturday night's main event had a lot to do with it right there. When I saw pretty Elizabeth, who hasn't done anything to anybody, get shoved down real, real, real hard, yeah. Her shoulder hitting her jaw real sore, and the physical pain has now left Elizabeth, yeah, who has never wrestled a day in her life type of a thing, yeah. But you, the honky-tonk man, Mm-hmm, yeah, you felt like she was ready for her first match right there, didn't you? Yeah, the emotional scars that are left in Elizabeth are too much to talk about, yeah. It kind of chokes me up, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, she's a real pretty girl, and she's been uh, taking care of herself real nice, yeah, to lead the macho man Randy Savage down that aisle for all my glory. But now she doesn't act the same, though. She's got the nightmares of the honky-tonk man shoving her down, and and the humiliation of the honky-tonk man standing over her, yeah. And that's something that she can't forget. And in order for her to forget that, Billy Red Lions, in order for her to forget that, I gotta take the honky-tonk man, and I gotta show him the way to go, yeah. You could have tipped over to Queen Elizabeth, yeah. And all the boat and the history and everything that it stands for. And thousands of people could have ran to shore and swam to shore for their lives. But when you touch the lovely Elizabeth, yeah, Zillions of people automatically hate you, but I hate you too, and I'm the worst one that can hate you, yeah! You know, I'm really starting to enjoy these Canadian-based promos. I used to get a lot of Spanish ones back around 89, 90, 91-ish time. May have been Miguel Alonso, might have even been Hugo for a period of time, cutting promos with some of these guys for the Spanish channel, Telemundo, and the wrestlers would really have some fun with those promos, and it kind of reminds me here to some of these promos having fun with the local announcer, Billy Redlines for Canada. Lots of these promos mentioning certain towns and inside things that maybe only Canadian fans or Canadian territory fans may get. And you got to love the Stu Hart impressions, most guys. More of those coming next week. But for right now, we head into the commercial break. And following the break, we see superstar Graham writhing in pain as he is carted off on a stretcher. Jesse Ventura making the comment, the Slickster's men... Just put Graham into mandatory retirement. And in reality, this is indeed the angle that will end Superstar Graham's in-ring career. For those in the know, you guys may recall that Graham, he had a setback last year. Superstar was originally set to return to the company in 1986. And of course, he had that hip replacement surgery. And they gave it a go here over the summer months with the return vignettes and the matches in the ring. But it was painfully obvious from the moment he returned, Graham's in-ring limitations couldn't be hidden. And the experiment ends here with Graham essentially trying to get Slick's men over in the process. And we'll see this Don Morocco run-in was no coincidence. 
but the superstar will stay on with the WWF in other facets. But his time in the ring has sadly come to an end. Then we learn from there next week on Superstars, the Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man going to defend his title against the former champion, the man he beat for that title, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Right now we're going to hear from both sides. The Dragon's back and breathing some fire. Got you next week, Honky Talk. Going around playing a tune, stepping on people's feet, pushing women down. Think you're big time now. Bragging about it. Having a good time with that belt. The only one that's going to be pushed down is you. Next week, way down. <laughs> you're looking for trouble? You come to the right place. And next week, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, I'm going to prove to you and everybody else that I'm the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time. I got a special tune picked out just for you, Dragon. <laughs> a fired-up dragon looking to get that IC title back, but Honky, he don't sound too concerned. Says he has a special tune picked out just for the dragon. And things really beginning to take shape now. Remember that lull I talked about throughout the spring and the summer here, as far as talent and storylines? Well, the new talent has arrived now, and they're starting to get worked into storylines and big matches on the shows, and we're right there, guys. It's beginning to turn into that quote-unquote peak WWF roster we all came to know and love during that mega power area and beyond. Things are getting pretty fun here, heading into 1988. As we roll on to the following day, Wrestling Challenge, November the 15th, taped October 28th at the Rochester, New York War Memorial. Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon on commentary for this one. And we kick things off right away with the feature match. It's Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Nikolai Volkov with his manager Slick and partner Boris Zukov in his corner. And November sweeps, it brings competitive matches. And unfortunately, sometimes they look like this. Now I did say competitive matches, guys not dream matches. As we get the Soviet national anthem, per the huge, we also get an insert promo from Jake Roberts heading into the matchup, talking about the tag team of the Bolsheviks, but Jake, he has his own tag team partner ringside in Damien. As Boris Zukov going to distract Jake right out of the gate, Zukov moving towards Damien in the corner, distracting the snake man, allowing Nikolai to attack from behind, but Jake going to eventually make the comeback with his signature jabs and a big knee lift on Volkov. But Boris reaching in, grabbing Jake by his ankle to distract him once again. And Nikolai with a cheap shot from behind, dropping Roberts down to the mat. Volkov then going to distract the referee, allowing Zukov to get in some cheap shots on the outside as well. From there, Jake going to try another comeback. But this time, he's tripped up by Volkov from the outside. Jake goes down to the mat, and Nikolai drops a 1960s-style knee drop. Gets him a two-count there. Boris now up on the apron as Nikolai rushes Jake. But Roberts sidesteps, sending Volkov in to Boris Zukov on the apron. The Bolsheviks colliding. Jake, with a schoolboy on Nikolai, gets the one, two, three. Roberts scores the win, three minutes and six seconds. Now, post-match, the Bolsheviks going to attack while Slick holds off the referee. It looks like two-on-one here on Jake Roberts as he gets tossed to the floor. But the snake from there, pulling Damien out of the bag, holding down the fort, running the Russians off with his tag team partner. Jake the Snake Roberts getting the win, and along with Damian running the Bolsheviks from the ring. Next on Wrestling Challenge, it's update with Craig DeGeorge talking about the recent tag team title change, new tag team champions, Strike Force. And then it's right back to the ring for Ravishing Rick Rude. Bobby Heenan in his corner taking on Brady Boone. As we get a couple of Minnesota boys here, Boone and Rude. And Boone, he's back pretty back from that demolition stretcher job only a couple weeks ago here on TV. 
and Rick Rude going to make his way out to his stripper music. And man, is Rude put together. Look at that body. I guess I just like cheesesteaks and potatoes too much to ever look like that. And Brady, right out of the gate, already busting out a top rope backflip, landing on his feet, but doing next to nothing with it. But guy gets stretchered out, and the first thing he does when he comes back is a top rope backflip. Unbelievable. But the match doesn't go on too long. Doesn't take too long for Rude to finish Boone off with the body breaker, that over-the-shoulder backbreaker submission, while referee Happy Jack Kruger got a call for the bell in 1 minute and 21 seconds. Eh, I'll be happy when he finally changes that finisher, but that's still a few months off. And here's a change post-match. Rick Rude doing a spiel on the microphone, ordering the men to keep the noise down while he shows the ladies what the ravishing one is all about. Interesting switch up here this week to see how it worked after the match. I did like it prior to, pre-match, which they will stick with. Good call there. As it's promo time here on Challenge, we're off to hear from Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma, the Young Stallions. All right, get ready. Coming up, the Survivor Series at the Richfield Coliseum just outside of Cleveland, Ohio on Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, 7.30 p.m. start. 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars in all. There are going to be two 10-man elimination matchups, four five-man teams. Let me give you the captains in matchup number one, heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan. And Andre the Giant, they will be five-man teams. And, of course, this is going to be the first time since WrestleMania three that Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan have had an opportunity to meet in the ring, officially. In matchup number two, another ten-man elimination. One captain, Honky Tonk Man, the other, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh, I guarantee you, folks, this is going to be a shootout. Come on in, Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma. You talk about excitement. I've got to believe, Paul, that you and Jim have not been involved in anything quite as exciting as the Survivor Series. Tag Team Elimination, your captains are the new Tag Team Champion Strike Force. Yeah, you know, was that great, Gene? Did you see that that oh, night? Tremendous Fantastic. matchup. You know, they deserve it. They're a really great team. And, uh, well, let's get to the Survivor Series. I'll tell you what, we are ready, you know. We've been working real hard, and, and my partner and I, and we're going to go out there, and we are going to survive. That's right. That's the name of the game. Is that right, Jim? What That's about right. it, Jimmy? Well, you know, we got the best tag teams in the world in the Survivor Series that night. And if we can be the lone surviving tag team, we will have proven ourselves in the World Wrestling Federation as one of the best tag teams. And we're looking forward to it. All right, uh, let's analyze this one. Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma, your opposition, very, very good indeed. Hart Foundation, even though they're coming off that big loss to Strike Force. Islanders, powerful. Dino Bravo and Greg the Hammer Valentine, a couple of great veterans. The Bolsheviks, very surprising. And of course, the rough and tough demolition. That, that ten, ten man team, if you will, Paul Roma, has got to impress everybody. Oh, it sure does, Jeannie. You know what? Anybody can be eliminated at any time. Everybody in there is, is a top competitor, and uh, we're just going to be ready for them. Is that right, Jim? Oh, we're looking forward to this, Gene. This is the one that's going to make it for us, the Survivor Series. We're going to give it our all. 110%, we hope to be the lone survivors that night. All right, I thank you. They are the young Stallions, the Stallions, if you will. Stallions stating that they will survive at the Survivor Series and prove themselves as a top tag team. Then from there, we get more fans talking about the upcoming pay-per-view Survivor Series. One guy says he's putting their entire family dinner on hold in order to watch the pay-per-view. I wrote, hmm, must be a late Thanksgiving dinner. Then it's back to the ring tag team action. Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera taking on the duo of Dave Wagner and Gino Carabello as we get an insert promo from Demolition. And they say they started something, but they're not finished with Patera and Haynes. 
they're going to eliminate the Oregonians and anyone else at the Survivor Series. Wait, what? Somebody should tell Axe Kim Batera is in another match at the Survivor Series and Billy Jack Haynes isn't on the pay-per-view at all. And they let this promo fly? Anywho, back to the action. Billy Jack with some stiff fucking chops here. I mean stiff on Carabello, like he owed him some money. Just to stiff everything on poor Carabello, Haynes having a bad day, dropping a backbreaker, and just dumping down Gino on his head. Then the match goes on. Miscommunication by the babyfaces here leads to some really shitty tag team work. And Patera even using his arm brace as a weapon, and again, somehow it's, it's legal. Before Billy Jack Haynes tagging back in, locking in the full Nelson, scoring the submission win in three minutes. My only notes for this one? Eh, that did not need to go three minutes. As we're off to a promo, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Team Andre the Giant. All right, fans, in the greater metropolitan Cleveland area, the Survivor Series coming to the Richfield Coliseum. Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, 7.30 p.m. And Bobby Heenan... Doesn't look like this group ever missed a Thanksgiving dinner. This is where the beef really is. Well, Hogan might be having Thanksgiving dinner. Him and them ham and eggers he hangs with, like Orndorff, Patera, Superstar, and Bam Bam Bigelow. He may even have it Thanksgiving afternoon. But Thanksgiving night, we're having that turkey on a platter, and we're having all those turkeys on a platter. Because, Hogan, you've had your last enjoyable Thanksgiving meal. Talk about celebration. The family and Butch Reed and the one-man gang here, we're going to celebrate. All right, uh, I'll tell you what, I am very, very impressed with this lineup. Ravishing Rick Rude, you fit perfectly into this picture. Bobby Heenan, your manager, Andre the Giant, the captain. That's right, little man, in a prediction. We're going to celebrate Turkey Day the ravishing way. The biggest, the baddest, and the best looking. We will survive. Yeah. One-man gang, your thoughts on Hulk Hogan and his, his group. Hey, man, don't worry about Hogan and his group. You just talk about this group because we're survivors. <laughs> All right, Butch Reed, your manager, Doctor of Style, obviously. He and Bobby Heenan get together. Well, we're him and Bobby Heenan put their hands together. Things get done. And Things are going to get done in the Survivor Series because this is the word, Survivor, and every one of us here are survivors, baby. All right, uh, King Kong Bunny, it may not be the most pleasant Thanksgiving you've ever experienced. Oh, it's going to be the greatest Thanksgiving of all of our lives. Can you imagine if it winds up how thankful we'll be the five of us with Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Just think about it. Wait a minute. A drumstick for the gang, a drumstick for King Kong, a wing for the natural, another wing for the ravishing Rick Rude. And Please me the neck. <laughs> what? And the what? neck. The, the neck. neck for Andre the Giant. Because we're going to rip that 300-pound blonde turkey apart. Ooh. That's you, Hogan. So you hide behind Orndorff. You hide behind Patera. Bam, bam. Superstar and everybody else be the last hiding they do. Bobby Hino, what about the wishbone? The wishbone. <laughs> so there's not a lot new coming out of these promos as far as what's being said although i am enjoying the hulk hogan team promos quite a bit but the visual the sight of all of these men in the same place at the same time they're wider than the ww backdrop very cool can't wait till we get to the pay-per-view is up next we see a clip of the harley race attack on jim duggan from superstars last week of course the king taking back his cape and crown as we're off to a matchup involving hacksaw jim duggan his opponent this week, Dusty Wolf, but Duggan out here with theme music in 1987? Music I've literally never heard before. Guess you learn something new every day. Here it is, guys. Listen closely. The original theme music 
for Hacksaw Jim Duggan. The following bout is scheduled for one fall. Introducing in the ring from San Antonio, Texas, weighing 235 pounds, Dusty Wolf. His opponent, soon to be making his way to the ring area, hails from Glens Falls, New York, weighing 275 pounds, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan with that patented two by four of his, cleaning house here in the World Wrestling Federation. Wouldn't you call that a weapon? That a two by four. You can end up somebody's career with that. Just a symbol of authority. Now, well, you saw what the king did. Well, Wolf trying to sneak attack. Well, generic music, but still, I guess I've never watched this match before, and wow, Hacksaw had music for at least one match in 1987. Who knew? And during the matchup, we get an insert promo here from Harley Race. The king says everything is back with its rightful owner. Duggan, just another simple peasant. Is Dusty Wolf going to attack Duggan in the ring? But that doesn't work out too well for old Dust. And it's not too long before we get the three-point stance and the clothesline. No. Looks like Duggan blasts Wolf with a running nasty forearm there. Kind of out of position. Had to call an audible. Either way, this one's over. Duggan scoring the win. Just one minute and seven seconds. And let's take a listen. It's going to play us out of the matchup once again to that rare theme music of Hacksaw Duggan. He got him! Once he goes down to that three-point stance, forget about it! The winner of this bout, Hacksaw Jim Duggan! Hacksaw Jim Duggan proving everybody here in the World Wrestling Federation that he knows, in fact, how to put people away. Look at this, a cheap shot. The guy's not looking, he blindsides him. Boy, that's an athlete for you. That's what I call a real... Real, hey, tough guy. Right now, let's take you to another colleague, Craig DeJoy. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now... Wow, Duggan, theme music in 87. Who knew? As we're off to a special interview with the entire heel tag team group at the Survivor Series, the 10-on-10 tag team survival matchup. It's the entire heel group. Craig DeGeorge wants to talk about the rage in Richfield. Boy, was he trying to push that catchphrase. Stick to your day job, pal. And we see all 10 wrestlers and their respective five managers out here on the platform. Noticeably, the Dream Team, and even more so Johnny V, buried in the back of this sea of superstars. Even more noticeable, we hear from Bobby Heenan, Slick, Mr. Fuji, Jimmy Hart right in the front, but no Johnny V. And the gist here is, they will survive. Again, done for the visual, which was indeed awesome. It's the Hart Foundation leading Demolition, the Islanders, yes, the Dream Team, and the Bolsheviks into the Survivor Series. Is up next, we get a music video, sort of, Stand Back, as sang by Vince McMahon, but the video is all about Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan be warned, Stand Back. Baby, 
and we're not done yet. Apparently, the Million Dollar Man has purchased some time here on the program this week as another music video, if you will, as we see clips of the Million Dollar Man doing his evil deeds, proving everybody's got a price. Those clips set to the song, If You Only Knew. If you only knew The song for the video didn't make a whole lot of sense, but whatever. Gotta get the song in. As it's back to the ring one more time, Macho Man Randy Savage out here now. Lovely Elizabeth by his side, taking on the Crippler. Rip Oliver, and right out of the gate, we get an insert promo from the Dragon Ricky Steamboat, who is ready for the Survivor Series. Kia! No mention of his past with the Macho Man at all here, which is both confusing and disturbing, Ricky. As Rip Oliver was awesome here. As an enhancement guy, great selling, great bumping, always in the right place at the right time. Macho Man delivering a high knee to the back, sending Oliver to the outside and the floor. Top rope double axe handle on the outside by the Macho Man before sending the Crippler back in with a big suplex. And the flying elbow off the top going to get the job done. Macho Man scoring the win, 2 minutes and 28 seconds. And the Ripper actually also wrestled his final house show match on this date, November 15th as he finishes up with the WWF and returns to the Portland Territory. So the elimination of a lot of these C-Town shows really hurts some of the prelim guys, their time with the company. But Oliver, he'll be back around this time next year as the Super Ninja to wrestle the Ultimate Warrior on Saturday night's main event. As we close out this edition of Wrestling Challenge, got a couple of promos left. Interview right now, standing by, it's the new Dream Team, Dino Bravo and Greg Valentine with a missing luscious Johnny V. Boy, it is the talk of the town, coast to coast and border to border, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, at the Richfield Coliseum on Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, 7.30 p.m., 50, 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars all converge at the Richfield Coliseum for a fantastic night known as the Survivor Series. There are going to be four five-man teams and two ten-man elimination matchups, five members each in the ladies' competition. Oh, what a tag team elimination. It reads, really, reads like the who's who in the World Wrestling Federation. Come on in, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Dino Bravo, the new dream team. You're going to be part of the Survivor Series and the tag team elimination. Captaining your team, former tag team champions, Greg the Hammer Valentine, I'm talking about the Hart Foundation. Well, I hope they can handle it. But if they need a little help, the dream team, Dino Bravo, Greg the Hammer Valentine can help them down that road to victory because we should be world champions too. This is going to be a very, very interesting match, Mean Gene. The Survivor Series, but I want to tell you one thing. When the smoke clears from the Survivor Series, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Dino Bravo, Canadian strongman, are going to be standing there because our dream is going to come true. We are the dream team. You know, Dino Bravo, part of the rules of this tag team elimination, 
just by chance, should your partner, Greg the Hammer Valentine, either submit or get pinned, that means you're out of the competition, too. You've been eliminated. I realize that. You ever see Greg the Hammer Valentine submit? That's a stupid question. Let me tell you, the Survivor Series is a great event, it's a great night, and great athletes come true when the pressure is on. And the pressure is going to be on on surviving night. And you're looking at the team that's going to survive it all the way because we are the dream team. We're going to go prove it. Richfield Coliseum on Thanksgiving. The turkey is ours, brother. We're going to win that match. I should point out the Rougeos, the Bulldogs, the Young Stallions, Roman Powers, <laughs> Killer Beast, Strike. Yeah. What are you laughing about? The dream team is going to win the Survivor Series. All That's right. We're going to find out who is going to survive. Dino Bravo, Greg the Hammer Valentine, the new dream team. So there it is. Johnny V also phased out of the promos at this point as well. Just the dream team here talking the Survivor Series. And like everyone else, they will survive. As we close out this week's edition of Challenge, next week we learn it's Brutus the Barber Beefcake taking on dangerous Danny Davis as we hear from both men. Beefcake, you may be cutting and strutting, but next week it's one-on-one with me, dangerous Danny Davis. And if you think you're going to touch Danny Davis, you're wrong because Danny Davis might do some strutting of his own. Danny Davis next week, one-on-one. You and me, I can hardly wait. I will do a bit of cutting up. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. And if you guys couldn't hear it, Beefcake now with hedge clippers in hand as next week the barber will do some cutting. Or will it be Danny Davis doing some strutting of his own? As we move on to one final piece of business here this week, moving on to the Thursday night edition primetime wrestling for November 19th, 1987, hosted by Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. This week, we've got a couple of promos lined up for you guys. First of all, it's Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Team Hulk Hogan. It's Bam Bam Bigelow, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Ken Patera, Superstar Billy Graham still standing, and of course, the WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. Gentlemen, it's Paul Orndorff, Bam Bam Bigelow, Superstar, but where in the world is the captain of your team in the Survivor Series, the heavyweight champion? Well, you, know, you didn't even recognize me, big man. I was standing right in front of you, and you didn't recognize me, man. I've been caught in the crossfire, brother, between the giant, all the number one contenders in that WWE. That's why the heavy-duty flaws, brother. That's why the camouflage, man. So I can stalk him in the Survivor Series, brother. They've got weaknesses, man. They've got flaws. And I'm like the spy ahead of the troops. I'm checking this whole thing out, man. The strongest man in the world's ready. You just saw that. The prophet, man. Superstar Billy Graham predicted family would rise against family. Man against man in the WWE. Bam Bam Bigelow, brother, if it gets a little lopsided, he's capable of taking care of ten men at a time. And then they asked me, why you? Why, Mr. Wonderful? Friend, enemy, what is it, man? But the reason why is he ran with him. He knows the Heenan family better than anybody. And when it comes down to instinct alone, brother, when Mr. Wonderful makes a stand, you can count that he knows how to survive. Just ask him, brother, if they're ready to survive. I don't even know with the captain with that kind of enthusiasm, Mr. Wonderful. I don't know, Paul Orndorff, if I even have to ask you. That's right. You know, I've been a survivor since birth. 
And this team here was put together because of Steve, because of what we know and what we can do in the ring. I've ran with the pack, just like Hawkster said. I know exactly where they're coming from, and we will be ready. What about the Prophet superstar, Billy Graham? The Prophet says nobody can touch us. Yeah. That's it, Daddy. All right, and you, Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, you know, the key to life is to live. The key to wrestling is to survive. All right, and totally in disguise, incognito, heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan, you're going to captain this force. Well, you know, when you're surviving, brother, it's a natural food chain, man. The larger animals eat up the little ones. Yeah. But sooner or later, when the waters part, when the teams get lopsided, Andre the Giant and myself will be one-on-one. -on -one. All right, get we ready. Survivor survive. Series just outside of Cleveland and Richfield at the Coliseum Thanksgiving evening. So Hogan talking about the prophet, Billy Graham. I guess he didn't see his demise coming. And they asked the Hulkster, why Mr. Wonderful? Well, Orndorff ran with the Heenan family, much like Patera. And when he makes a stand, you can count on him, dude. Enough said there. One more promo here this week. Mean Gene Oakland standing by again. This time, it's Mean Gene with Team Honky Tonk. The big one is coming up. I'm talking about the Survivor Series Honky Talk. Two 10-man elimination matchups, 50 World Wrestling Federation superstars and all. In one of these eliminations, you're going to captain a team comprised of Hercules, Danny Davis, the King, Outlaw Ron Bass, and yourself, meeting the Macho Man, Ricky Steamboat, Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm-mm-mm. What a team. What a team the opposition has assembled. <laughs> But since I made Danny Davis the honorary co-captain, he's promised me that himself, the King Harley Race, Hercules, and outlaw Ron Bass, with that gigantic 20-foot-long whip of his, they're going to take care of the opposition. They're going to take care of Steamboat, Beefcake, Duggan, and Snake. And that leaves a one-on-one -on -one confrontation between myself, the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time, and macho man Randy Savage. This is the one they want to see. And all I can say to my team members, Outlaw Ron Bass, you take that whip, and I want you to lay some stripes. I want you to lay some leather down on Steamboat, on Beefcake, on Duggan, and on Jake the Snake. You know something, Honky Talk? I don't think this is going to be even, you know? There's only five men on the other side. Well, we're going to have six on our side, and we got one nasty mean one that likes to rip, likes to tear, and likes to hurt people. So you better to believe that they call it a survivor series. You're looking at the surviving team because there ain't no force on earth that can stand up to the five men and win this Betsy. Brother, it's all in the bank. We can take it to the bank, can with Jimmy Hart? That's it, baby. You know, Bobby the Brain Heenan told me, baby, he said Hercules and Harley Race will be ready, right, Danny? What about it, Danny Davis? I've made my man the honky-tonk a promise that we are going to eliminate every man on the other team and leave Randy Savage for him. You talk about surviving, you're talking about dangerous Danny Davis. I have su survived suspensions from Jack Tunney, and now I'm surviving as a wrestler. You talk about surviving, we got the team. All right, the action slated for Richfield Coliseum just outside of Cleveland. Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time.
There it was, Honky Tonk Man with manager Jimmy Hart, outlaw Ron Bass, Danny Davis, Honky and crew coming for Team Macho, going to eliminate everyone and leave Savage for the Honky Tonk Man. They also mentioned that outlaw Ron Bass's crew, they have the number advantage because Miss Betsy will also be ringside. And it all goes down Thanksgiving night, November 26th, Richfield Coliseum. It's the Survivor Series. And an exclusive match here this week on Primetime Wrestling, taped October 27th in Syracuse at the War Memorial, is the Young Stallions over Tom Barnett and Gino Carabello in about six minutes' time, Powers scoring the win for his team with the Powers Slam. And that'll do it here for this week on The Grenade. Gonna wrap things up in just a moment, but I should remind everyone, next time we return, a special hybrid edition of the show, as yes, we will be covering the November 21st week in the World Wrestling Federation covering Superstars Wrestling Challenge and the Thanksgiving night edition of Primetime Wrestling. But we will also be covering the Survivor Series. Yes, special hybrid edition, guys. Going to look at all of the final TV leading into the pay-per-view and then discuss the pay-per-view itself, the very first Survivor Series pay-per-view, 1987, November 26th, Richfield Coliseum. Can't wait to get there next week. And just a reminder, check out all of the podcasts over at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network located over WrestleCopia.com. Follow me on social media. Follow me on X or Twitter or what have you at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And of course, subscribe, YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And last but certainly not least, just a reminder, give it a try. Talking about that $5 all-access tier over at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Check it out, guys. All sorts of gifts for just 5 bucks, including all of my insanely detailed show notes. Just dropped the show notes for this show today. Plus, just added 10 new digital downloads over the weekend. Lots to check out there over at Patreon. And now with all of that out of the way, going to be back next week. It's all about the Survivor Series. We're finally there, guys. Can't wait for it. And until then, this is Ray Russell saying from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there. Survivor Series.